Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Lore Sports proudly brings to you the best racing podcast in the world. Now, here's your host, Lauren Leach, the color guy, Mark Allen, the Loose Lugs Racing Podcast. Hey, Loose Lug Nation, welcome to episode 112 of the Loose Lugs Racing Podcast, sponsored by The Corp Racing. Thanks, Tim, for all that you do. We appreciate it so much, man. Uh, also, thank you to Chris for the intro, as always. Good stuff there. Mark, when I think of the 12 or the 112, because there is a, a few 112s out there, uh, first I got to start with the defending Cup Series champion, Ryan Blaney. Uh, also, the Altel car for Penske back in the day, Ryan Newman was in it. Bobby Allison, uh, also in that 12. I remember Miller High Life. That was an awesome scheme back in the day. Uh, Spencer Boyd in the trucks. He was racing that 12 truck for a while. Jeremy Mayfield in the Mobile One. Uh, Speedway 12 for Penske back in the day. I remember a race with Dale Earnhardt and him. Was it the year 2000 at Pocono where... Um, Mayfield kind of rattled Earnhardt's cage and no, he gave him a taste of his own medicine and Dale didn't <laughs> like it. So yeah, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Classic race there, man. Uh, how about Neil Bonnet, Derek Cope, Hutch Strickland, Ralph Moody, uh, Brad Kozlowski was in that 12 car for a little uh, bit as well for a few races. Sam Hornish jr. In the 12 as well. Uh, locally, we got Craig and Randy Krieger. Street Stocks, Figure 8s, uh, the Krieger family been around WIR for a while. Josh Butler in the 12 the last few years. Got a, a lot of talent there that um, we can't wait to see what happens with him in the near future here. Larry Blado in the Wisconsin Sport Trucks. Journey Bennett in the Sizzlin' 4 division. Uh, Bob and Jim Duco in the uh, 12 car there. Um Sam Mayer raced uh, the 12 car down at Slinger a few times. Kelly Byers, I believe, was the owner of that car. Brad Kauso also in that uh, 12 car. Mark Mackesy over at State Park Speedway. What a legend in the racing community. Uh, Tony Strupp. Uh, there's another legend, man. Uh, great racer. Uh, talking about the 112, you got to mention Augie Grill and Gary Ballou. Uh, Hot Shoe Ballou. Um, couple of 112s there. And then Harrison Burton was the 12 for a while. Wasn't uh, Jeff Burton 12 at the local uh, level as well? I thought about that earlier today as well. I don't know about that one. No, I didn't catch that one. And then uh, the final two I got was Nick Mergic. Uh, remember when he raced uh, in the Dixieland 250, now known as the Gandrew Auto Group 250 at WIR, and he wrecked after he won the race and hit that softball pretty hard. Classic uh, moment over here. Uh, unfortunate for him. Fortunate, but unfortunate for him, I guess. And then our camping buddy down at the Dells, Greg Bowers. So a uh, bunch of them there. Who do you got, buddy? That's a bunch of 12s, man. Yeah, that Nick Merzik. He won 10,000. He did 10,000 damage, man. <laughs> and uh, just like, wow, he wins the race. And he backed her in the turn one wall and just crushed the car. Hey, Hachu Baloo, man. He's been bringing that 112 around. We've been seeing him. And he was at Slinger. And man, he got to sit down and talk to him. That was pretty cool. Yeah, and then Augie Grill has kind of taken off with that 112. You see him around and racing down south. Sure like to see him come up here and give it a go. He's he's up there in age. He's got lots of miles on him. 
Yeah, you uh, mentioned before you uh, before you move on. I got a, a comment about Augie Grill. So I remember we were down at Iowa in 2012 for the truck race, and Johnny Sauter was doing pretty well. And I was listening to Johnny's uh, race there, and I think Augie Grill got a lower budget truck ride and was in in that race. And he uh, he was going to lap down, and in, in Augie Grill going to lap down got a little loose and kind of shoved Johnny up the track, and Johnny came over, was pretty intense, and said, was that Augie Grill? And uh, the crew came over and said, yeah. And he goes, that's all right. He's a real racer. So uh, Johnny Sauter was giving some kudos to Augie Grill, even though there was a little bobble out of him that affected Johnny. So uh, I think if other racers say that, you know that guy has a lot of respect. Yeah, but other than that, we were listening to the radio, and Johnny Sauter should have went to church that day. He was uh, quite – quite the vocal dude on uh he was yeah he was all bent out of shape down there <laughs> i was just like wow johnny you are really fired up today so he finished um, third in that race and was just plain sick of finishing not finishing first so yeah, yeah. he was a little frustrated i remember that he was vocal yeah you mentioned brad k you remember that one uh carl edwards was like 150 laps down he decided that he was gonna retaliate and he actually uh put brad k on his ear man he he flipped him uh strange to see it like at atlanta to see a cargo flying through the air like that so hey the other 12s i got you know uh i remember seeing Derek griffith you know he was uh you know yep. finally got to meet him over at berlin he's running a 22 car these days right now but you know i says wow dude i seen you all over the place man and finally get to meet you and Sure, like to see him come around our way once in a while, but uh, yeah, I got to talk to him a little bit. Hey, how about Terry Schopenhorst? We see him, yep. uh, uh, not too much, you know, but uh, every once in a while you pop up with the 12 car. Scott Locked down south of southern Wisconsin, he runs around down there. Um, Doug Larson, for you old farts out there, you know, when we uh, uh, slung some dirt there in the Wolf River Racing, he was out of Green Bay, always in a Ford, you know, he had a white Ford number 12. Pretty cool. Hey, Steve Burgess, man, there's a classic. Uh, he put on all kinds of miles around around the uh, um, state. So, yeah, I'm glad you re remember Mark McAsee. You know, remember when we were with the McAsee family up at uh, Norway? We met the whole family and crew, and wow, what a bunch of friendly people they are, man. We stayed up late talking race with them. So, um, yeah, so that's the uh, pretty much all the 12s I got, man. Uh, Tell you what, I looked a little bit deeper. There's probably a whole bunch more, too. Absolutely. Um, yeah, we're going to do this for a few more car numbers. We'll see how far we go. We, um, we'll we do it for a few more. We'll see uh, where we end. We'll, we'll let you know on that. But, hey, we got a great episode in store, uh, everyone. We're going to go through some news here first, and then we're going to have Rich Bickle on. Uh, we had him on. And I apologize about this. I wanted to have him on sooner. We had him on. It was two years ago already, Mark. So um, I wanted to have him on shortly after retirement, but I knew he was busy with some things. And then this thing kind of took off a little bit, and it it's going to happen now, which is which is great. So we'll see what he has to say, and and really looking forward to it. So, um, but let's get into the news right away. We're, we'll start off with some uh, Clash news, and it's kind of scattered here. Uh, Dylan Francis is going to do a pre-race DJ set at the Clash out there in L.A. And then uh, some Ford news here for you, Mark. In the Xfinity series, the Fords will have a different decal package to be the Dark Horse brand that they've been talking about this year. 
The body won't change, just the decals. That's a Mustang, right? Yes. That's still going to be the Mustang brand? Okay. Yep. Uh, Gear Wrench sponsorship is headed to Legacy Motor Club, previously with uh, Ganassi and Stuart Haas. Last year, uh, last few years, I think, with Stuart Haas and Kevin Harvick. So that moves over to Legacy Motor Club. You know, Stuart Haas, like I, I got that mixed up with RCR last week. You know, <laughs> yeah, I got them mixed up. But boy, uh, yeah, Stuart Haas has lost a lot of sponsorship. But you know what? This week, all of a sudden, we're starting to see them kind of rake a few back in. So, it, you know, it's coming and going with that team. Mm-hmm. You and I were talking uh, over the last few days. I mentioned Mario Andretti possibly being in the 11. He was in the 11, and you wanted to talk about that a little bit. I got some other news on the Andretti family, but I'll let you start with talking about um, Mario. There's a there's a place at a museum that I was at. I don't know if it was the Talladega Museum or whatever, but I've actually seen that car. It was a it was a Ford Fairlane, I believe, 67. You know, he was teammates with uh, Fred Lorenzen. And Fred Lorenzen was the dude that was really doing well in Mario. His car was kind of a slug for the 125s back in the day. And they did a motor swap with him. And, uh, hey, he became the champion of of the 67 Daytona 500. You know, I I just kind of like had a brain fart there. Just like, and then as soon as we got off the air, I'm going, wow, duh. (laughs) Also, yeah, that 11, uh, Mario Andretti. So, yeah, so... uh, now that we remember afterwards, we'll fill that back in. Yeah, Mario was in the eleven car. Yeah, I remember the. I remember when I said it, I was like, I'm picturing a light blue eleven car. He was. I was like, that's iconic. Uh, he had to have been in it. So, um, anyway, Marco Andretti, his grandson, will do seven truck races and fourteen ARCA races for Cook Racing Technology, that new team that we talked about recently. First truck race will be at Coda. For trucks, the team has formed an alliance with Roper Racing to field the number 04 truck. Yeah, we knew that uh, Marco was coming. So, all right, he's getting them everything lined up so that he can go circular most of the time. Most of the time. But Coda's his first race, huh? Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Denny Hamlin at the Fox Production Days recently said that his shoulder rehab is progressing so he doesn't have to have a backup driver for the clash. Chase Elliott, uh, who also had shoulder surgery, wasn't as intensive if Denny also said he is good for the Clash. Yep, I heard that this last week, that both of them are good to go. Also for the Clash, NASCAR will open the stands for free Saturday and for the heats at the Clash. This was a big topic because they were going to have no public uh, viewing for these, and they they heard a lot of criticism for it, and they opened it up for free. So I think that's a great deal by NASCAR there. Well, you got enough seats there, dude. <laughs> you know, so if it's free, man, I mean the Coliseum holds ninety thousand, like like packing the house, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Chase Elliott also said uh, changing his spotter for two thousand twenty four was a group decision. Remember his cousin Trey Poole, who had been the team's second spotter at races where they used multiple ones, is replacing Eddie DeHaunt this year. Uh, DeHaunt landed with Josh Berry those there, so. Um, Group decision, Chase Elliott says. Eddie DeHaunt, man. He's been around. There's a name that's been around for a long time, man. So, all right. So, that's that decision. Matt Benedetto said that he had a sponsor deal that ended up not happening. So, now his plans for 2024 are still to be determined. Is he in a car? Does he have a car? Is he in a team? Or he's got to have sponsorship to get into a car? 
Yeah, so uh, he, had, he had something that was progressing. It ended up falling apart, so uh, you know, still to you, be determined. He thinks something's going to come together, and he'll be in quite a few races this year, but um, that deal fell apart, so now he's still waiting to put something together. You know, he dabbled with even all with the Cup Series, you know, and all he needed was a sponsor, you know, and boy, we all know if you ain't got a quality sponsor, man, you, you can't go racing. It doesn't matter how much talent you got. Yep, at that level, absolutely. Our Motorsports has an update, uh, a few of them actually. Josh Graham was formerly with Parker Retzloff. He's going to crew chief for Anthony Alfredo in the number five NASCAR Xfinity Series car. Uh, crew will be similar, including engineer Dan Stillman and crew chief Rob Winfield. Local Dan Stillman here, Stillman family, has been around at WIR and racetracks in the um, Midwest nation for, for a long time. Him and his brother, I, I want to have on here. We've talked over it. I, I got to make that happen. I need to reach out to Dan here. Maybe we'll have him on before they get ready to go down to Daytona. That might be a good plan. So I'll reach out yeah. to him. Uh, All right, do, do it. Uh, our Motorsports has a new shop in Welcome, North Carolina. Rob Cunningham remains as the GM. Keith Barnwell joins as director of Motorsports. So a few uh, changes there for our Motorsports. All right. All right. Sounds good. Las Vegas will have a pre-race concert for the cup race in March. Country musicians Maddie and Tay. I'll be honest, I'm not a country fan. So, Mark, I know you are a little bit. I don't know if you know anything about that group. Nope. Nope, that's over my head, man. Uh, also, we should notice we mentioned uh, that Tim Duggar is going to do a bunch of stuff at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Some of that's been put on hold due to some health concerns with Tim. So that's changed a, a little bit there. But uh, moving forward. Brett Holmes will run full-time in the truck series this year in his number 32 truck. Mike Shiplett to crew chief. Team will have a technical alliance with Spire. That was a, he was in the 32 car last year, wasn't it? Uh, yes. Not, not full-time. It was sporadic, but uh, they were there. So yeah. All right. They're moving on. He's a, he's an ARCA series champion. He's, he's got some talent. So I think if the right deal comes together and he can get some funding, that would be a fun driver to watch. Yep, for sure. You can see the talent with him that we've seen. So, yep, all right. Front Row Motorsports has Margaritaville at sea on board, ready to set sail for the Clash car there. I saw the paint scheme for the number 34. It looks pretty cool. Looked kind of tropical, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. Makes you want to go somewhere uh, after dealing with all this. Yeah, go, weather up here, doesn't it? We'll get your toes in the sand. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Janet Guthrie was honored with the NASCAR Landmark Award for Excellence, a well-deserved honor for Janet Guthrie. Absolutely. Um, yeah, for sure. She, she broke barriers when she got, got on board. So in that 68 car, remember that way back then? And so, boy, it sure brought a lot of women into the sport, man. They was, I mean, they packed the house. The women got all in, you know, and they wanted to see her do well. And, they, uh, um, yeah, she had a heck of a career. Absolutely. Shav Glick of the LA Times was the 2024 honoree for the Squire Hall Award for Media Excellence. Glick spent 70 years as a sports writer. Unfortunately, he passed away in 2007. 70 years of writing, dude? Huh? Into the yeah. sport. That's a long time to be involved with that, man. That's a lot of, that's a lot of writer's cramp there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well deserved again. Uh, wish he, Absolutely. Wish he could have uh, saw the honor and all that. And, and yeah. uh, well deserved. All right. Good deal. 
Uh, also, the Hall of Fame, Donnie Allison, Chuck, Chad Knauss, and Jimmy Johnson all were inducted into the Hall of Fame this past week. So, uh, well-deserved for all three. Amazing. Jimmy gets in while he's still active, but um, all right. He's <laughs> going to get in anyway. What the heck? So, I'll well throw him in there. Yeah. Cody Ware says that the plan is for him to run some cup races in the number 15 car this year with the first being in April. Kaz Grala has already been announced as driving 25 races that we talked about last week. Uh, still to be announced who will race the car at Daytona, though. Um, we'll see what happens there. But he's in, uh, didn't Kaz Grala just announce today that he's in the 36 car for the Daytona 500, correct? Yes, he's going to attempt the Daytona 500 for the Front Row Motorsports in the number 36 car. Uh, Rudabush will be the sponsor there. Um, so he was able to land in the uh, Front Row Motorsports ride because the Daytona 500 is not one of the 25 races there uh, for Rick Ware Racing. Amazing how you picked that up when you're half a mile offshore standing on the ice, and I caught that uh, just today. So <laughs> so even the news is out in the wilderness, man. You still can pick up the news out there. Yep. <laughs> uh, Brad Kozlowski and Chris Busher will put the Build Some Marines colors on track for a combined 18 races this season. What? Wow, that's half the season. That's a big deal. Well, is it nine each? So it sounds like it'll be 18 total out of 72, but still still a good deal. If it's successful, man, it'll just go from there. Maybe it'll take off even more. Absolutely. Tickets for the Cup season finale at Phoenix are now on sale. Last year, the race sold out in June. Might have been partly because of Harvick's uh, last race being there, but still uh, thinking about the season finale already. You you don't think championship had something to do with that? <laughs> I I think so too. I, I All right. yeah. So hey, we're gonna have to go sit on Rattlesnake Hill, man. Someday we're gonna have to go sit on a rock up there. That I you know, I, I see that all the time. Just like you know, that looks like a good place to be. So bucket I list may, right there. I may be going out to Tempe in April for the Pat Tillman run. It's something I really wanted to do. Um. It's unfortunate that I won't, wouldn't be going there for a race, but I would definitely check out Phoenix Raceway. Yep, and salute to Tillman. Yep, for sure. Yes, sir. Pat Tillman. Yep. Uh, Ross Chastain's Bushlight scheme is fire, dude. That thing is awesome. Weren't they doing a commercial break with him, and they were making him drink a beer, and then after it was done, and then he chugged the beer, and he goes, "No, I'm all, I'm good now. All he needed was just a little beer, and he was good." But yeah, the car looks awesome. It had kind of the same paint scheme as uh, Kevin Harvick had last year, but yeah, looks pretty sharp, man. It's more white, uh, which I think is why it looks in my opinion, better than Kevin Harvick's scheme. We know race car drivers that have them beer sponsors, you know, that's uh, <laughs> that's kind of a big deal, you know. You, you might catch a freebie here and there if you hang around. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, a colorful new look for Brennan Poole and Mac Door Systems will be coming uh, on track this season uh, for 10 races through, throughout 2024. All right, that's a good deal. So there's five announced open cars for four spots for the Daytona 500 so far. We just announced uh, a Grala for Front Row Motorsports. Remember, uh, Reagan's going to be racing the number 60 for Ralph Fenway Kozlowski. Alfredo in the Beard Motorsports 62. BJ McLeod for uh, Live, Live Fast 78. And Jimmy Johnson for Legacy Motor Club 
new NY Racing is still working on Daytona 500 plans, but it's not expected that the money team or a third car for Trackhouse 2311 or Cole will will make that. So, all right, yeah, you mentioned David Reagan. You know that kind of perks up. They're talking at the Clash. There's going to be an electric car out there, and David Reagan's going to run it. And they don't. I don't know if you're. That's in your notes or whatever. If we're getting ahead of ourselves here, but. Uh, uh, they said the car even has lights. Might as well put mm-hmm. blinkers on it every time you go to the corner, put your left blinker on or whatever if it's electric. So uh, we'll see. They said there's nothing in the works to make a series out of it, but yeah, you want to bet. Um, I bet you there's something that's going to come down the line with the electric car. That's five notes away. So let me uh, let me get All there. Right. Uh, there was a Chicago Tribu- Tribune story recently about NASCAR spending more money to the city. Uh, NASCAR says it paid two and a half million in fees, amusement taxes to the city in 2023. It's going to increase to five million in 2024. Here, the 2023 race had 108.9 million overall economic impact. NASCAR gave 1.7 million last year to Chicago for community initiatives. So, uh, some money figures there, which is always intriguing to me, being a finance guy. Well, you know, it takes money to keep it there, you know, because it, it was all up in here with the politics of Chicago and stuff like that. So, you know, money talks. So NASCAR is pouring into it. Apparently they want to stay there. Um, they've only been there once. And pretty soon you're going to see all these other big cities that are going to want their, their share too. Yeah, very well. Uh, could be. Um, also, it was announced that uh, Chili's will be the primary sponsor for Corey LaJore's Corey LaJoy's Spire number seven car for the Daytona 500. I'll tell you this. You and I just went to the Black Otter. Thanks for paying up on the bet last year, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chili's is one of our favorite restaurants if we're going to go to a, to a sit-down. Uh, obviously, if you're looking for a higher-class Black Otter or supper club type deal. But Chili's, to me, is, is underrated. They have really good uh, chips and salsa. They have rewards where you get it free. Uh, Chili's is is underrated. Now that it's getting into NASCAR, that's awesome. Well, yeah. Now that they're in the racing, now you need to to, to support it. So, <laughs> all right, man. <laughs> uh, what? Uh, excuse me. Pre race concert for Coke Six Hundred will be Matchbox Twenty. So a little bit of '90s, early 2000s feel there for the Coca Cola Six Hundred. Yeah, I like them. Yep, I, I, I like that band. That's a good deal. Yep. Watkins Glen has a sponsor for the Xfinity race. It'll be the Mission 200 at the Glen. Okay. Uh, Sam, or excuse me, Sage Karam will do select races in the Sam Hunt Racing number 26 Xfinity car. Uh, he will be in the car for Daytona. So Sage Karam get ba- getting back into a NASCAR Xfinity racing car. I saw the picture of the car actually today. It's kind of green and red and everything. Pretty sharp, pretty sharp car. For sure. Uh, here's where we get into the electric vehicle. So NASCAR's battery electric vehicle that it's uh, developing will do a, a demonstrative run on Sunday at the Clash. David Reagan is going to drive it again. Uh, the car has lights, like you mentioned. No plans for a series yet. NASCAR is also looking at a hydrogen combustible engine. NASCAR has tested this battery electric vehicle for three days at Martinsville. Did 340 laps over three days with David Reagan also driving it, like you said. Compact utility vehicle body, not specific to a manufacturer. Lap times on the third day were within a couple of tenths of a second from a cup car. 
The only question I got is, are fans going to actually support that, support electric car? Um, you know, <laughs> the public ain't supporting buying new electric cars, and, uh, and racing's going to go that way. And, um, yeah, and there's, I, I know there's a lot of negativity about it, you know. You keep an open mind, positive about it, and see where it goes. But, uh, like I say, um, it's going to be get used to of hearing a car go by going whoosh, you know, instead of the uh, manly growl of a, of a motor. Um, we'll see where it goes. I'll keep an open mind on it and see what goes on with that. That's where I'm at. I, I'm not going to knock it till I see it. It'll be interesting. So yeah, uh, I hope we get to see some videos from the from it being around the clash on Sunday. Well, I'm, I'm sure you'll talk about it. So, yeah, pay attention to that. After the Daytona 500, NASCAR will do more paving in the area of Ryan Priest's wreck at Daytona to remove the grass. It has already done some prior to the Rolex 24, which is this upcoming weekend, by the way. Uh, also, it will remove rumble strips in the area and remove rumble strips at the Glen bus stop. We'll add rumble area in turn one where drivers go wide at Glen. Okay. All right. We'll pay attention to the the rumble strips and the turtles and all that stuff. So, all right. Yeah, we all, we were kind of wondering how far they were going to take the grass out at Daytona to take that away. I mean, Talladega, they took it all out the back stretch and finally Daytona followed suit with that. Yep. Uh, NASCAR is going to set the lineup a little differently in cup. Group A will determine outside row for rows six through 20. Group B will determine inside rows for six through 20. Previously, qualifying speeds, regardless of group set orders for positions 11 through 40, spots 1 through 10, still from final round. For super speedways, still no groups, so it won't impact those races. Also, for all three series, all tracks, if you spin in your qualifying lap, you don't get to potentially get tires and go back out. Can you go still go backwards around the track, turn one, turn around, and then go, <laughs> and then go fire off again? Remember those? Yes. So we'll see. I, They've always I, been trying to tweak the, the qualifying and they're trying to make it, you know, more popular or change, whatever. So, uh, okay. If, if that's what they want to do, fire away. Yeah. Cup teams will be allowed to have LED boards on their pit box to rotate sponsor signage. The signage will need to go through a portal for approval, just like a paint scheme. And here are some rules regarding this. Uh, electronic programmable displays or messaging boards will be permitted. The display must be mounted on the pit cart. The display must not protrude beyond the ends of the pit cart and must have a maximum height of 42 inches. Reflective materials will not be permitted on the messaging board enclosure or surround. The messaging board display must not be used as a source of collimated light like laser pointers, spotlight, or flood floodlight. Uh, the messaging board must not operate in a static display configuration, so no flashing, strobing, chasing, changing during green flag conditions. The messaging board display configuration must be approved in advance by NASCAR. Uh, the messaging board display must have an adjustable dimmer function, and NASCAR reserves the right to require the messaging board display to be turned off at any time. Okay, so, all right. We're going to see some more sponsorship that way and that way, but... NASCAR yep. sure has got a tight rope on that one to, to make sure they monitor that. Yeah, you're going to see a lot of more sponsorship here, so I think that'll help out the model that they're they're trying to get to. 
Mm -hmm. uh, the Xfinity Dash for Cash uh, news here. Richmond in March is the qualifying race. Then the four races will be Martinsville, Texas, Talladega, and Dover. Cup drivers are still not allowed in those four races. Cup drivers will be allowed at Iowa and Chicago, like we previously talked about. Uh, cup drivers not allowed for final eight races for the Xfinity Series there. So, All right. So there's some money for the guys only for the Xfinity Series, you know. Trucks, yep. trucks have been doing that, too, for, for a while. Yep. Uh, the, I'll talk about trucks here in a, in a second, too. Uh, the Xfinity cars will have rear window slits in them like the cup car. Xfinity drivers and teams were talking about the heat inside of an Xfinity car, so that is an adjustment for the Xfinity series. Yeah, I'm sure do. everybody complains about the heat and everything, so if you can vent the heat out, that's a good deal. Mm -hmm. uh, Xfinity one-to-two car teams will have one backup, a three three plus car team can have two backup cars for some races depending on weekend schedule only one fully prepped with engine is allowed championship four each have backup at phoenix each organization must pick base color for backup car to then add decals no wraps so that's a way to save money apparently okay and that's the xfinity series correct correct all right so all right we'll see where that goes Xfinity and trucks will go to a nine gallon gas can was previously 11 gallons should decrease the weight by 10 to 15 pounds. It's going from what? Say that again from 11 to nine. Correct. Okay. Wow. So two gallons. All right. So, well, then the cans will be a little bit shorter and easier to maneuver. Okay. We'll see. Sure. Pay, pay attention to that. They're talking about doing that so people don't necessarily have to be athletes to do the fueling. Um, so they are trying to get more uh, maybe women involved or or regular non-athletic previous college football, stuff like that going. So that is part of the reason of why they're doing this. Yeah, because all of them, the gas men all look like linemen in football. You know, they're huge, big people. We saw them in Milwaukee when they're at the <laughs> truck series. These, these dudes are huge. They're, you know, Massive. lugging them gas cans around. So, yeah, once when you're up close to them, like, wow, these are some big people doing that stuff. So, hey, if we get women involved with that, I mean, they can gas a vehicle up just as easy. So, all right, I'm for that. Absolutely. Uh, Charlotte, Gateway, and Nashville will be the triple truck challenge race that uh, those races that you were just talking about. All right. So, yep, that money keeps flowing in there. We'll see how that goes. Yep. Uh, here's a big change. All races in trucks and Xfinity will have competitive pit stops. No more non-competitive stops at standalone races. So, like Milwaukee and others, remember when they were non-competitive? So, that's a big deal. I don't know if I like that. Uh, I saw that today, and it's just like, okay, you know. So when they run Daytona on a Saturday night for the Milwaukee race on Sunday, there's a lot of people that's going to be doing a red eye to get up to Milwaukee to uh, pit them trucks up there. So, um, yeah, there's going to be shuffling of people going this way and that way. So, all right, that's the new rule coming out there. There's going to be some of that competitive, uh, uncompetitive pit stops. We're kind of cool. It was all right. I, you know, it's kind of like the super late models where you go in, you know, and you don't lose your spot and everything like that. But, uh, well, they're going to go back to the old way of competition pit stops. Okay, that's the way it goes. Yep. Uh, NASCAR says it's it likely will now require Kyle Larson to make the driver's meeting for Charlotte. 
Um, remember, he's doing the double, so he's going to be getting back from Indy to Charlotte for the double there. Those have become more ceremonial in the last couple of years anyway. Uh, in the past, drivers doing the double have had to start at the rear. Starting spot means more now with stage points, so that's why there's a little change there. Well, that's cool, and maybe we'll get some more that'll do it. So, hey, just have the crew chief go 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 to the driver's meeting. You know, same same kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be the driver. Have the have the crew chief there. So, all right, absolutely. I like that. Yeah, I, I totally like agree with that change there. Yep. Yeah. Well, what are they going to tell you that you don't already know, right? Right. All right. Uh, this year will be Wayne Auten's last as the Xfinity Series director. Eric Peterson, his assistant series director, will take his place in 2025. Auten will remain with NASCAR, which I think is crucial. He's been a good, good ass, uh, asset to NASCAR. He's been around a long time, too. There's another icon of a name there. Mm -hmm. uh, Bubba Wallace, John Hunter Nemechek, and Corey Heim will co-drive a Toyota entry in the IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge Series opener Friday at Daytona International Speedway. Uh, so that's the that's this Friday before the Rolex 24. I've been seeing videos of them doing uh, practice on switching drivers, so uh, they're getting prepared for that. Looking forward to that, man. I might even I'm, I'm thinking I might have to get a Peacock uh, subscription. Maybe I might have to break down so I can watch the race because there's live racing on this weekend, and I want to get my belly full on that one. Yes, I agree. Uh, two more things here before we get to Rich Bickle. Uh, Consumer Cellular will be a primary sponsor for select races for Brad Keselowski in the sixth cup car in 2024. And then Hard Rock Bet has done a deal with Daytona International Speedway for naming rights to its fan zone. It will offer in-race betting at the track. And another side note from Bob Pockrass would be this could be another test for Wi-Fi at tracks and all that and seeing how that has improved. So uh, you and I talked about a betting thing not too long ago. Uh, this is this is just the start of it. It's going to be a normal thing, so no surprise there again. Yep. So yeah, the betting the betting world keeps go marching on and getting bigger and bigger all the time. Yep. Well, that's all I got. Anything uh, that you want to talk about before we bring Rich on? Let's bring Rich on, and then we got some other local stuff and uh, other things. So yeah, let's go to the hotline, man. We're going to the hotline. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, Rich. Thanks for coming on. I apologize. It's been a little while since we've had you on uh, since last time. I was just telling Mark it's been two years, believe it or not. So uh, thanks for coming back on. How are you doing? Well, I've been retired for two years, so I've been doing pretty good. <laughs> how's that suntan, man? How did that? How, how was the uh, cruise down there? How did that all work out for you? Oh, actually, it was really good. It just unfortunate that, uh, you know, when we first signed up, we had over 150 cabins sold, and then after two years of COVID and all that stuff and people's changed the schedules and only had 38 at the end, but, uh, still had a great time. Uh, everybody got together and we had a little Q and A. It didn't last long enough, but, uh, you know, just told stories and, you know, been around people and, and, uh, been around, you know, quite a few for a lot of years. So it's quite nice to see a lot of people that, uh, I haven't seen in quite a while, actually. Where did, uh, where did the crews all go, Rich? Uh, Dominic Rip Tortola in the, and uh, my wife and I have been talking about doing a trip, and we're hesitant to about doing a cruise. We're a little hesitant on that. Uh, Why you, that? Uh, there's a while where you can only see water. I don't know. That scares me just a little bit. 
<laughs> these these boats are so big you don't even know you're on the water. Yeah, I I had a coworker that uh, he would go on two cruises a year and just loved them. And honestly, when you look at the prices, it's great bang for your buck. It's unbelievable. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, I was in the Navy, so I burned myself out on cruises. So <laughs> you go, man. Well, I, I, last time I was on was in 98 for the NASCAR cruise, the sports cruise, and I didn't realize it's been 25 years. I mean, I, I guess I'm not the guy that likes the structure and, you know, you got to do this and sign up for this and be there and to get off the, you know, the, get off the islands. And, you know, that's kind of why I bought prop in Costa Rica and developing down there because, you know, you're not stuck on the boat. But it's, it still was a great time. It was fun. I mean, I'd do it again, you know, but, it, you know, just it's not for me to do every year. Sure. Sure. Understandable. Well, I, I wanted to bring you on in the in the past here to talk about outside of racing, right? So you've been in racing all your life, um, and then you've decided to step out. And it was interesting to me when you were stepping out. I totally understood it. But at the height of your game, I mean, you won a lot of big races in the last year uh, that you were racing full-time. Um, how was it outside of the car? I was actually surprised that next year I saw you – at a bunch of races and even this last year um a lot of drivers i feel like struggle with that can you talk about did you have any struggles what was it like going to race tracks or thinking about racing knowing that you weren't going to be doing it well it was tough i mean i think the first you know and you know the first year i went to five and last year probably went to eight or nine it was a little bit easier but then you know then with the deal with rockford going under i mean that was you know, my, one of my favorite places ever to race, which, I mean, I've told people out of 226 tracks I've raced at my career and all the things I've raced has always been my favorite and had to come out of retirement for that. And then had to drive the trickle car at lacrosse and then Jerry, I'll be begging you to come to Dells and went up there and, and had that. But, uh, um, you know, it, it, it's really hard because I, you know, we still have all the equipment, everything setting there and I just got tired of funding it all. And it's just, you know, I, like I said, I bought property in Costa Rica and developed and built 100 houses down there and, and want to do something different. But, of course, now, after, you know, doing a couple of races last year, that uh, I've, I've always been working on sponsorship programs. And I think, you know, we're working on something right now that uh, we might come out of retirement full-time next year. So, who knows? I also wanted to talk about some news that dropped recently, too, and in, in you doing somewhat of a driver development program which was really intriguing to me because I thought that you, and I've asked you this before, um, would be really good at that. And you were like, no, I have no interest in doing that. Um, you know, just the generational differences you were talking about and all that. But this seems to be different. You want to find the person that is kind of the old school racer, wants to work on their stuff, all of that. So talk about the beginnings of that, how that came about and how it's going so far. Well, you know, me and Tony got talking about it and, like I said, all the equipment's still there. And I guess we're trying to find the one kid out there that has funding that wants to actually learn how to race, not just sit there and drive the race car and, you know, not have any idea what, how it makes it, you know, what makes the car turn or what makes the car tighten up or you know, there's so many variables. And I guess trying to find that certain person that actually wants to do it and learn right. Um, we talked about it and I said, well, you know, if, if the kid gets out of the car and wants to learn, the first thing is to get out and jack the car up and put jack stands underneath it and hang out by the car. He's not going to go in the trailer and play video games. And I said, because that'll last one time, and the second time it's over with. And um, because I do think I can teach somebody a lot of things, 
And if that combination is out there, we'll do it. Um, if it's not, we won't do it. So it's just um, hopefully there's somebody out there that uh, is listening to what we have to offer. Um, like you said, you know, we won 11 out of 30 races, I think it was in 21, and we probably should have won four or five more. And, uh, you know, the stuff's good. I mean, we were really, really fast, the Dells. And unfortunately, they had a, a new person on the team and they let the car down really fast to get out for the last uh, mock run. And um, when the car bottomed out on the jack, it blew the left front shock apart. We didn't know it. So the race started after qualifying. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was a handful, but, uh, um, but there's, there's so many variables. I, I guess, um, you know, like on the cruise, I seen Jerry Gunnerman. I haven't seen him for years. And, and I walked up and I said, you know, how is it possible? I never drove for you. And he goes, you never asked. I went, Oh my God, how can I be this stupid? You know, one of the greatest owners in the short track racing history from Wisconsin. And he gave me the comment. I never asked, you know? So I think there's somebody out there that would, would be, you know, enjoy um, learning for somebody that's won 500 plus races. And, and if they want to learn how to do it and do it right and, and actually get somewhere, uh, I think we have a lot to offer. Have you uh, heard of any drivers being interested yet? Or are there a few out there? And then if it doesn't come together for this year, uh, is it something that you'll keep trying for? And also if it doesn't come together again, is that where you may be racing more or maybe even full-time? Yeah. Um, okay. As of right now, we've, we've not been contacted by anybody. Well, we've been contact, contacted by a lot of people, but, a lot of people thought it was a free ride thing. And I said, no, it's not a free ride thing. If I'm going to pay for racing, I'll race myself. And, uh, you know, so we've had a few people contact us because, you know, they thought that was what the program was. But uh, um, as of right now, we know we've not talked to anybody that's seriously uh, um, interested in doing it as of yet. And and if you don't hear, is that something you'll keep striving for if someone comes about? And if it still doesn't materialize, is that where you're going to be racing more and maybe full-time that you mentioned there? Well, I, you know, we still could run a ton of races. I mean, we have enough equipment and trucks and trailers, and you know, we still could do both of it full time if we had to. Um, but it's like the same situations. It comes down to people. Um, Tony had to hire a couple more different people to be on the team full time, but that's kind of what we're planning anyway. Um, but if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. You know, I mean, it's not a push thing. It's just an opportunity, and. Um, we'll see if, you know, we'll see, we'll see if there's somebody's out there that has the intuition or, or the drive and, and there might not be, there, there might not be a kid out there that wants to learn, or, you know, um, maybe there's a kid just wants to go out and race and, t you know, does do what daddy says to do. And that's it. So I guess we'll find out here shortly. Hey man, last week I was looking around and I, I see you, you're on a snowmobile of all things, man. What's that all about? And how did you like that stuff? No, I, I started twenty twenty one. Um, racing the Outlaw 600 deal. So I, I did that from, God, we started that class in 07, and I raced it to 12, and we're in Canada, it was 25 below zero, and in a race suit, and it was, you know, I won the race, and it was so cold, I'm like, I ain't doing this anymore, so I sold the chassis business, the, the snowmobile business, and uh, I quit doing it. So my, my buddy Bob uh, from Eagle River said, hey, come drive my sled at the, at the National Championship. And I said, I haven't done it in nine years, you know, and he goes, nah, come up and drive it. So I thought, well, this is my last year of racing. Might as well go up there and, and give it a shot. And and uh, it, was, it was quite interesting. Um, we uh, we actually waxed them pretty pretty good. 
and uh, had a couple of people come up to me and the kid that I passed lead, he walked up and he goes, how old are you? And I go, 59. He goes, oh my God. He said, I drove into turn one plus or turn three plus, saw God. And he said, you went by me on the outside. And he said, I thought your throttle stuck. And he goes, I pray to have uh, that big when I'm 59. And I kind of laughed. And, and then another guy come up and goes, hey, he says, I'm a guy from Iowa. And he says, I own a high dollar dirt car. So I want you to have my dirt car at Bristol. I said, I'm going to send a dirt car. I'm not going to drive a dirt car at Bristol unless we can go test somewhere. He goes, well, there's no place to go test. And I said, well, I'm not going to do that. So it was kind of uh, ironic that we started the year up by winning on a snowmobile. And, and um, you know, and then, you know, having, you know, an offer to go run a dirt car at Bristol. Mm -hmm. But uh, a lot of people don't know I, I, I motocrossed for seven years and I used to race motorcycles for nine years. And a lot of people didn't know that. And, and, uh, the last race that we had at uh, in it was in uh, by my home track in Edgerton. It was a club that was together for 33 years, and um, I was 17. Then I think was my, the last year. Then the DNR was going to close it down. So the last weekend you could you jump up a class. So these two guys from Milwaukee area had Rocon uh, flat track race bikes that had like a snowmobile clutch on. They're automatics, and I swam a race my 250 against them. So. There was probably 100 people from Edgerton that raced motorcycles at the time. And they said, you can't race these guys. You can't do this. You can't do that. Well, back then, we didn't have stopwatches. You know, we didn't, you know, we didn't, you know, you did what you did. And and, and we, we ended up, I won both of the races in the open class. And when I pulled in the second time, the whole town of Edgerton was sitting on their hands and knees and bowing down. And as a memory, <laughs> you won't forget, you know. And a lot of other people don't realize I was a national roller skating speed skating champion. Um, wow. And, in, in 72 and 73 so uh, a lot of people a lot of things i've raced my whole life and a lot of people have no idea but uh, you know it's been a, it's been a heck of a ride since this early 70s through you know last year wow crazy man incredible yeah um i think the world championships were just this past weekend which mark was kind of alluding to there do you still pay attention to to a lot of that going on well actually it, it was happening when we were on the cruise um, okay I think this last weekend there were somewhere else, but uh, not, you know, I mean, like I said, you know, it's something to do and go back and do and we won and, and to start the 21 season off my final year was awesome. And, and, uh, well, I mean, between Bob and, and, uh, and Joe, my other buddy that's still doing it. I mean, we've been friends forever. So it's kind of good to see them guys still racing. Yeah. So you got back in for, for the Roxford deal there and, and hopped in one more time. What was it like getting, uh, back into the car was a difference since you had been out for two years where you're a little more uh edgy nervous how was it hopping back in well i mean you know i mean everybody's not getting any younger and after not sitting in a car for two years it's like well you know can you know, i was kind of wondering like well you still got it and it was really ironic we went out and made it the first hot lap session and i got out and i said okay needs this this and this and it didn't feel like I was out of the car for two years. It felt like I was out for two days. And uh, we uh, we didn't get the car that well. We, we, we the brake bleeder come loose in the race, and so I ran to the brake without getting lapped. And and uh, we come in, tighten that up, come from the back, to the back ran second. But the car still wasn't very good. But uh, yeah, I felt like I just got out of it. And I was like, well, you know, being 62, I guess I ain't too bad. And, and uh, I still feel like that we can win every race we go to as of right now. Yeah, Rich, I went down there because I've never been to Rockford before, and I had to make sure I got there before they closed the place down. Hey, I caught a I caught a photo with you, and you were sitting on the wall, and it looked like it got a little emotion for you. What were you feeling at the, at the end of that race, man? Well, 
That's for a couple things. Um, my buddy Al Papini died there. You know, I raced him in one year and we got to really good friends. And then I guess the biggest thing was that um, people have no idea. My dad raced there forever. It was, you know, it was like home to me. That was like going to Disneyland back in the day because they had swing sets and they did things for kids. And I want everything you win there. They had a bowling ball throw, a bicycle race, a grocery cart push, a demolition derby. Uh, my first ever rock and roll concert was there in 1975 or 76, I should say. I was 15. You know, they had like 12 bands, 40,000 people. Ted Nugent was the headliner. So that was my house. I mean, that was, you know, I mean, it was just like, you know, that was out of the 226 places, that's my favorite place. And because of all the situations, not just because the racing, but, uh, you know, it just, it, it, it meant so much to me and, and, uh, the history of the place. Um, I mean, you Deary was probably the greatest promoter in history of, of racing and all aspects of it. I mean, I mean, NASCAR was still using his ideas, you know, you know, they have, they have his school that, you know, they used to, you know, um, but, uh, you know, I grew up with all the kids that were all the same age, you know, Sue and David and Chuck and all them, you know, were, you know, they were still, they were working as kids and I was there playing, you know, and watched my dad race and, and, uh, and got to do all the stuff there. So, you know, that's, uh, that's, it's, it's a tough loss. I'll tell you. Yeah. I had been there uh, one other time. I think it was 2014 or 2015. Um, what a cool, cool racetrack uh, kind of brings you back in the day. Uh, how do you think we can prevent things like this happening in the future? Because, um, you know, no one's really building race tracks right now. So we lose another one and there's others that could potentially be lost. What are your ideas so this doesn't happen in the future again to a, another love track? Well, up there, I mean, you know, my dad raced there in the 60s. I mean, there was nothing within five miles of that place. There was the farm across the street at the barn up on the hill. That was it. You know, and then all of a sudden, now it's it just grew up all around it, and, and the property value is worth so much. Um, I don't know the full story, but I think that a bunch of the relatives decided they rather have the money than they didn't work the place anyway, so they, they decided to sell. I mean, I I heard the front the front part of the property, the race track is still there, and I think they they might still do a couple of things next year, maybe, but uh, like you know them duros or demos or whatever, but. Um, um, what I heard they got for the front part of the property and where the Forest Hill Lodge was was phenomenal. And, and uh, it's just sad to see that happen. But as far as other racetracks, I mean, um, you know, it's unfortunate. I had Columbus 151 bought, you know, it's one of the first places I raced at. And uh, from Pete Moore's mom, and I had, we agreed on a price and went to the closing. She didn't show up, or the, she showed up and wanted more money. And we went back the second time and we agreed on everything and come back and, and she sold the state of Wisconsin. So there's another track that was gone. I spent a bunch of money on uh, reconfiguration designs, um, putting an eighth mile drag strip in the place. And then we had a motocross four wheel drive track in the back corner. And uh, it all went away. I spent a bunch of money getting all that done. And unfortunately that place is gone. So yeah, you're right. They're not making them anymore. And the ones that are here, um, you know, it's, I hope they all, they all stick around because, I mean, um, fortunately, the Madison's not in the middle of any, you know, I mean, it's houses, um, same as the Dells, Kakana, um, Slingers in town, but that's been there forever. So, like, that's kind of grandfather. But, uh, you know, as far as asphalt tracks, they're getting farther and few in between. Yeah. Yeah, they sure are. Um, hey, I want to talk to you about a video I saw recently. It was you pulling out of the garage pit stall at uh, Daytona with the ARCA car there. 
Uh, I think I know the answer to this, but I just want to talk to you about it. It got my goosebumps going. Uh, I was waiting for you to run that race. Uh, any itch to do something like that again in the ARCA series or NASCAR at all? Well, you know, like I said, I, uh, I, I got a couple things working that might happen. I might run a, maybe a, a truck race or two. But, yes. Um, um, you know, I, my mom and dad took me to Daytona 76 when Penny and Pierce and Crash coming for the start finish line. And I told my mom and dad, I saw a racer someday. And then 13 years later, I bought the car burner and we went down there and, and, uh, and raced and should have won the race and got crashed <laughs> after the big crash. I come around turns three and four running 70, 80 miles an hour. And, and I was the only one left that was not wrecked and uh, other fast guys, and Patty Moise come around the racetrack wide open, hit me wide open. I'm in the middle of the racetrack going 80, 90 miles an hour, and she hit me wide open and destroyed the car. We fixed it and come back to Talladega and ran second. But, uh, you know, you never know. I mean, um, you know, it was cool, to, you know, to pull out the pits there and run third that day. I think I ran third, uh, Mike Cheeks deal. And, and um, you know, you just never know what's going to happen. Um the new company I'm working with that uh, I don't know what direction they want to go in, but it might be something they might be interested in doing. And uh, I, I love speedway racing. A lot of people don't like it. Um, and I've done many forms of it from different configurations, but uh, yeah, it's a chess match and uh, haven't done the new style car, but I'm not sure I'd care for that too much. But uh, as far as the car, the other stuff, I think is still interesting and wouldn't mind doing it. Man, I prefaced that expecting you to say, no, that's out the window. I am so happy with your response there. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I mean, I mean, it's funny. You tell people that, you know, you know, oh, you're going 200 miles an hour. Well, there it feels like you're going 150. Uh, in Atlanta, we repaved the place in, in 97, went down there and tested. We had a wheel speed sensor in the car, and, and uh, we ran through, you know, we ran wide open, like with a set of tires on. And I looked down, is it 221 miles an hour? Well, in Atlanta, that felt like it was 321 miles an hour. Is this the difference? But uh, I like speedway racing. It's um, it's just it's it's so much fun because it's just you you have to feel the air. I mean, you know, you don't you're not racing the car. The car is racing you, and you sit there and you're relaxed and you're trying to feel the air with everything you have in the car. And it's just it's a great time. I love doing it. Man, I can't wait to hear if uh, that materialized and you're in the trucks or ARCA. Uh, that would be awesome. Uh, Mark, go ahead with uh, some more stuff. Hey, man, I, I see this uh, the other day that your book sales, your book that I, when I got it from you and you signed it, I mean, that was just awesome when you gave that to me. And I, I read through the whole book and it was, hey, your, that book sales is still going on with that classic uh, book you got there, don't you? Yeah, it's kind of ironic that it's kind of had another resurgence because a lot of people I don't think know it was out there. And, uh, you know, I, it, the company we went through, it's their second biggest seller they've ever had. So, I mean, I had no idea that was, you know, uh, that was true. But, um, you know, it, it, the best part about the book thing was is that I never had one person come up and say they didn't like it. And, and what's ironic about it, the book was way bigger than that. And we had to take a bunch of stuff out. And how do you, what do you leave in? What do you take out after we got to, got the book done? They said, well, it can only be so many pages. And, you know, so John worked his butt off for a long time to get it formatted and back to what it was. But, uh, you know, you got to make it flow and you got to make, you know, tell the stories you want to tell. And, and there's so many, you know, I could wrote five books, I guess, but, um, I'm very proud of how it come out. And, uh, um, 
like I said, though, the biggest thing is I never had one person come say they didn't like it or, oh, my God, the, the you know, the, the straightforwardness of it, um, the truth, you know, the NASCAR truth and all the stories. And, you know, it's just, you know, just part of life. Would you uh, consider writing another one? I know you said you could have wrote five and all that. Would Would you consider writing another one if the deal was right for you? Um, probably not. Uh, you know, I think that it, you know, it, it, it's run its course and it is what it is. And like I said, I'm just proud of what we did and in you know, all the years and in the stories. And, you know, I guess, you know, the cruise, we told some stories that, uh, you know, the word in the book and there's so many, I mean, we talked for two hours and we could talk for 12, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I guess the rest are just going to be one on one, I guess. If somebody wants to know something, all I do is ask me. Everybody knows I pretty much, straight, uh, you know, I, I don't beat around the bush. I tell it the way it is. <laughs> Yeah, that's for sure, man. Hey, the last time we saw you at Oktoberfest, man, you were running your your idle Dick Trickles car, man. How does that feel to drive that 99 car, you know, man? You look sharp out there. You had a little fender bender out there that day, but how does it feel to drive for, uh, in the Dick Trickle colors, man? Well, yeah, that's the second time I drove the car. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's to put a show on. And what happened was that I had no front brakes. We went out to, to run. I had no brakes. <laughs> and I told him, I said, man, I, you know, I don't know about this. And he goes, ah, just keep going. Like, when then hit a wreck in front of me. And I mean, I, I, I had no brakes. So, I mean, it just one situation. We tore the front up and I felt bad about that, but he was all, all good with it. And, and, uh, but, you know, to think about that, that, you know, I, I tell people, I said, when I first drove it, you know, a few years back, um, and they had the cigarette lighter in the car and all that. And I actually put a cigarette <laughs> in my mouth and they took a picture of me sitting in the car with it. And that's the only cigarette I've ever had in my mouth. And the last one I'll ever have in my mouth because that's me is the, you know, the most disgusting habit in the world. But, uh, you know, but to drive his car that, you know, he won tons of races with and, and, uh, you know, I mean, just the history between me and him and, and, and everybody, you know, I just, um, like I said, I tell people, I said, grow up, you know, my dad, my heroes, and, you know, he ended up being my, my mentor and teaching me. And, and then, you know, we got to be great friends. And, and, uh, the story the day he passed, um, with what happened to me, uh, I won't tell that, tell that story on, on right now, but, uh, maybe, maybe next time you see me, I, I told a few people on the boat and they're totally shocked at what happened. And, and, uh, I know we're pretty close, but uh, that story makes you go, wow. <laughs> man, I would uh, love sure. to hear that, man. Hey, we got one more thing for you. I want to talk about this. It's uh, something that uh, I kind of do at Kakan a little bit. You got up in the announcer's booth this past year, which is another thing uh, that I don't think you were expecting to do. I uh, talked to you about it at Slinger. I was excited to see how you did. I talked about it to you after. Uh, seems like you had a great time. Uh, how much did you enjoy that? You know, it, it, I, I didn't know what to expect or what to do. And when I sat there with him, I said, well, what am I supposed to say? He goes, you know, say whatever y'all want to say, but just don't swear. <laughs> I never done this. I mean, you at least could give me a little bit of heads up, you know. And and I said, okay. So I just kind of put my two cents in, and and that's another thing that uh, people said that you know, you know, I think ninety percent of people enjoyed it. A few people said it didn't do very well, but you know, for never doing it and not knowing how to do it, I thought it went pretty decent. So. Yeah, I'd do it again. But they asked me actually probably asked me to come down at the spring do the snowball derby and uh but I never got the call, so I guess I didn't do very well. <laughs> oh man, uh I saw highlights of it. 
It sounded great. I knew you would do great. Um, I knew you were a little hesitant about it talking to you, but uh, oh, I remember sitting there and I was giddy to ask you about it all that in the in the pits and slinger. And uh, I think you did great there. So I hope you get the opportunity to do it more if you want to do it. Well, it's like anything else, you know. I mean, I'd, I'd rather be behind the wheel, but um, you know, if, if they want me to do a couple of big races and I'm around, no problem. It is one more thing, man, I, that I've noticed, you know, there's a lot of times after the races, we want to uh, come up and talk to you and everything like that. But you you get these kids that come all around you, man. And I mean, they come to you and, uh, and it, it is so awesome that we just kind of sit back and watch that. You know, you do an awesome guy, an awesome job with the kids at the track, don't you? Well, I mean, it's, that's, that, you know, it goes back to the early days. My dad, you know, I sat, you know, sat there and watched my mom says a month old on her hip. And, you know, I always wanted to, you know, I, I always go to the fence and always, you know, to, to to look at the drivers when they get out one. And I always wished they would give me the trophy. Well, that never happened. So after I started winning, I mean, I had so many motorcycle and, and roller skate, you know, trophies that our little house had no room for anything. So when I started winning car races, I went, oh, well, I started handing the trophies out. So I'm probably give away over 200 at, the, you know, kids defense. Um, you know, I've always done things for kids. I was, I was very sick as a child, um, went through a lot of things and, and, uh, you know, I never been married or had kids, but I was, you know, always been kid friendly and, and, uh, and try to make them be part of it. And that's, you know, put them in the car and let them, you know, act like, you know, I remember sitting in my dad's car, you know, when I was five years old going, Oh my God, I can't wait till I get to do this. And, and I hope they had them dreams too. You were uh, saying something when Mark jumped in about uh, the TV booth thing. Uh, what were you saying there? Well, um, I, I guess that after it was over with, they said that I brought a different perspective to what they know. Cause they don't know what it's like being inside the car. Um, it's like, at the end of the race there, when my buddy took the wrong lane, I looked over myself. He just lost the race. He goes, how do you know that? I go, watch. And, you know, Luke lost the race. And he's like, how did you know that? I go, well, that's because I've done this my whole life. You know, you just, you know things. And and it's just, you know, uh, just, I guess I brought a different perspective. And, you know, like I said, most people liked it and some didn't. But it is what it is. Can't please everybody. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think that's the thing that I appreciate, not being mechanical and all that. And you kind of going over it and I don't want to say necessarily dumbing it down for a guy like me, but essentially that's what it is for me, someone who's not mechanical. So I appreciate all, all that knowledge too, which is why when I saw the highlights, I really enjoyed it because it helps me understand, um, you know, I've only been in a race car one time in my life. Uh, so, so it really, really helped me there. So I, I think you're onto something. Well, it's like to deal with these kids, you know, if they want to come learn. I mean, there's, you know, there's, there's 15 different ways a car can be loose. Okay, which what which one is it? You know, from the seat, you should know what it is. You know, but you have to teach. You have to, you know, you, you know. Here, here. Okay, you tell me what you think. They go out and try it. Well, that wasn't it. Okay, and then try something else. And then you know, try to teach them that way because there and there's so many different aspects. Um, and you know, it just takes people and, and the knowledge and want to do it. And, and like I said, it was, it was fun doing the, the TV thing. It just. Um, Maybe, maybe again someday, maybe not. <laughs> well, man, uh, we appreciate you, you coming on so much. Uh, I want to end with this. If you're going to run full-time or more races this year, are you going to try to do a weekly deal like you did in 2021 with Slinger and then travel a little bit? Or what do you think would your schedule would maybe look like if you were going to guess at it right now? 
Oh, uh, really not sure yet. I'm just kind of waiting and see that we put this deal together. Um, there's a lot of things I'd like to do, you know, maybe just run the tour, uh, the live for five. Uh, I'm not going to run for, you know, a weekly show. Cause I mean, it's basically Slinger's not doing that hardly anymore. Um, and I guess that was frustration for me getting the car destroyed there that night. Um, I look back at that and we had the champ should have had the championship won, and, you know, we got destroyed that night and caught that cost this championship. But, uh, I mean, looking back at it, the last time I tried was 89 and to think that, you know, to win it in 2021, that's 32 years apart. I mean, there's nobody in history has done that. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that was kind of like a little irk to me that, you know, that was one of our goals. And, and, uh, and then, and at the nationals at the, by far the greatest car I've ever had at Slinger in my life. And, um, you know, Murphy's law, the race started, we, we bottomed up, we, we tried some new stuff qualifying or for the race qualifying we bottomed out started 20th and i drove to fourth like in 30 laps and i mean we're half a second fast the field yellow call out, motor shut off well here the starter the solenoid stayed engaged ran the battery dead and uh you know i haven't cried in a race car many times but that night there i wanted to because i never had a car like that that in my life so with not winning the nationals and the championship that was that was a hard one to swallow yeah i i can't imagine man um well Again, we appreciate you coming on. Um, I love hearing your stories. I love running into you. I hope to run into you more. Hope to see you racing uh, if it works out that way. Uh, really enjoy that. We appreciate you so much, man. Appreciate your friendship. Uh, like I say every time I see you, man, that time at the Dells where we missed all the heat races just sitting around the bar, um, just incredible. So we appreciate you as a person. Can't wait to have you on again. I promise we'll uh, not wait two years uh, for it to happen again, and can't wait to see you at the racetrack. We appreciate it. Well, if I want the track, yes. And if not, maybe you have to come to Coast Street and see me. All right. Hey, that's a deal. <laughs> All right. So we'll look forward to seeing you and Darcy at the track here coming up, man. We're, we're looking forward to it, man. Yeah, we'll, we'll be at the, you know, at some for sure. If we're not racing, we'll still be coming to a few, you know, the first few or something, but uh, we'll go from there. Cool. Thanks, man. You bet. Mark, isn't it just awesome uh, hearing from a legend like Rich Bickle and, and all of that and all the things that he'd done, all the stories? Uh, I just remember his answer about the uh, ARCA NASCAR truck steal that I was hoping he was going to say. And I, I prefaced it saying, I think I know the answer here, thinking he'd be like, no, that ship has sailed, you know, last time, whatever. But that car coming out, I'm telling you, I was like, man, I wish he would do that again. And it seems like it's a good possibility. I am pumped about that. All right, yeah, that's some <laughs> some news out of there. Yeah, you brought that up when we were when we were at the Dells, you know, and when we gave up the heat races, you know, and just just standing there, you know, and just listen to him talk. And oh my God, it's priceless of all the stuff and the stories that he has. I mean, he's like a magnet, you know, and he's just a great guy to hang around. So yeah, definitely do appreciate him, man. Yeah, and, and for me to hear all the stories, because most of that I wouldn't remember or um, was before I started traveling to racetracks. So uh, really cool for me. And then to know his knowledge inside and out of the race car was really cool to hear, too. I know we talked a little bit about that with him being in the booth at Slinger. So uh, pretty cool deal. Yeah, he proved also that he'll race anything, dude. <laughs> he'll race yeah. anything. So, yeah, that's a, that's a, a racer's mentality. So good for him, man. Yes, and like we said at the end there, look forward to seeing him at the racetrack. Hopefully he's racing a little this year, um, or hopefully that driver development deal comes together for him too. That would be that would be awesome, but I uh, just want to see him around the racetrack because um, 
for a fan like me, I, I just want to see guys like that around. If not, he drinks Miller Lite, and we'll meet him over at the bar while we're at the Dells. That's a good place to hang out with him, man. There you go. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, we appreciate Rich coming on. Thanks, man. Uh, can't wait to have you on again soon. For sure, yeah. A little bit shorter next time. Let's uh, try to get him on a little bit because uh, he, he's great to talk to. For sure. Well, uh, you mentioned that you have a few other things to talk about. Uh, shoot away, buddy. Hey, man, Speed Fest was going on down there. How about one of them classic Bubba Pollard, uh, Stephen Nassie deals, man, and watching these guys going at it again, you know. And, uh, hey, who was in third? How about Casey Roderick? All of a sudden, hey, Casey Roderick is back and got a wheel in his hand. So a little interesting stuff there and see Bubba Pollard pull that off, man. But, boy, them 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 guys, uh, <laughs> they, they race hard, man, but. Good clean racing, you know, and it was good stuff what I saw down there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, when uh, Pollard and Nassi were going to go to battle there for the win, uh, you didn't know what was going to happen because we've seen that before just a month earlier, and it didn't work out so well. But Pollard uh, had an interview with Matthew Weaver after, and uh, he was saying how he wasn't going to take any crap from anyone anymore. He was going to stand his ground, and he was going to race people all they race him. And I'll tell you what. I saw the look in Bubba Pollard's eyes, and remember when we met with Sawyer Efforts prior to the season, you could just see the focus, determination. There was something else there that isn't always there in, in drivers, and I'm not saying that they're not all determined, focused. You could just tell there was a little extra motivation there. I've seen that in that interview from Bubba Pollard. I think Bubba Pollard, he's always one to watch, right? He's going to be coming for some people this year in uh, – it's going to be an interesting year for him, I think. Yeah, it looks like he's got just a little bit of a different kind of attitude this year, but totally professional, man. Great race, man. Just watching him, too. Once again, just like dancing with race cars, man, and it's just great stuff to see down there. I loved it. And you're right. It was good to see uh, Casey Roderick back in a vehicle. Uh, he's a talent uh, in the racing world, and it was cool to see him back with Anthony Camp because, you know, that his race – Racing last year kind of ended with Anthony Campy about halfway through, and that was unfortunate. So he was back in that Anthony Campy racing car. So cool to see. Yeah. Hey, remember when we were doing the nine number, you know, going through, and I mentioned Jeff Chiquette? Yep. And the very next day, all of a sudden, hey, Jeff Chiquette's coming back. She just, like, didn't hear nothing from him, and all of a sudden we mentioned him, and all of a sudden the next day he's going to be back out running again. So good to see that talent running again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, what else you got, buddy? Hey, they got the World Series of Racing going to be happening down at New Smyrna, and I see, uh, well, Ty Majeski's going to be in. He He's going to go run a little bit down at New Smyrna, and uh, Gabe Summers, we see that. Uh, he's going to go down there. So we're starting to see some northern guys that are going to take off down there. And how about Chad Butts? He's going to run a few races down there. So some of the northern boys are going to go down there and run a little bit of Speedfest uh, World Series down there, man. Good, Good to see. Yeah, and uh, speaking of Chad Butts, we're, he's our guest next week, so excited to talk about his racing deal going down there. For sure, man, so that's good stuff. Hey, Doug, another one that we just saw that came out here, um, we see that our favorite track, WIR, has joined with the rules change with uh, the racing uh, racing rules and that they're, you know, everybody said that Kakana's always on their own island. Well, um there was a vote brought with this, we understand. And, boy, it sure be nice uh, 
if we could get uh, somebody on to, you know, if somebody wants to come forward and explain to us what these rules are and and what's different and how and how this goes and the cost of it and everything like that. So um, be interesting. I'm, I'm interesting to see, but uh, great to see that they're on board, man. It's, it's just going to, you know, the rules package is going to be for everybody. And uh, I'm interested to see what was all talked about and how it was voted on. Yeah, I agree. I uh, was happy to see uh, WR join that group. You know, there's always a couple of different sides of the story, and I would understand no matter which way they went, they, they thought they were doing the best for them. But I think it's a step in the right direction with getting everyone um, on the same page or a step in the right direction because we've talked about it. You see with the Dirt Series and all that, they can travel to place to place night after night, whereas you can't do that here. So I think the more tracks that – at least try to get on the same page or a similar page, the better. So excited to see who else joins and, and how this all works. Yeah. So everybody's pulling the rope the same direction, man. It's all got to be a positive for that. Um, I want to mention since we're on that topic, uh, also Bubba Pollard talked about the new tire that was used down at uh, Speed Fest at Watermelon uh, Capital Speedway. He said the tire was fine. He just wants to see more fall off. Uh, so maybe that's something they'll need to work on. He said it, there there was really no fall off there, and he's a guy who likes to see it. So he said the tire was fine. It was good. Just uh, was hoping it would fall off more. So we'll see if there's anything that comes of that. But you know how a fall off works, and it goes back into the driver's hands. So maybe they got too good of a tire, you know. But, oh, my God, the technology of that stuff like that. They were going to be able to figure that out and make a, a good product. So that all sounds positive, too, there, dude. Yep, yep, for sure. Anything else you got? Um, I don't know. Just kind of rolling it around here. Uh, hey, we got 24 hours coming up this this weekend down at Daytona, so um, that's always going to be good stuff. I haven't gotten around to checking the weather and see what's going on down there. I believe it's supposed to be warm. I, I did see that, that they were talking mid-70s down there, so good for that. We've seen sometimes when these people are sitting in blankets and it's frosty and, you know, and they run. But uh, uh, so there's some live racing coming on this weekend, man. I'm all pumped for that. And then, hey, the next week is the clash, man. So we're moving right into it. We're getting there. We sure are. Uh, yeah, I remember, was it last year or two years ago where it was like in the 30s and, and wet and all that? And I was like, thank goodness we did not go down this year because can you imagine going from here in the 30s to florida and it's going to be 30s oh my gosh that would that would stink well you know it would stink for watching the people down there you know i saw the weather forecast down there today it was 53 degrees down there and they told them to dress in layers and uh stay inside if you have to it's like uh, 53 degrees are, are you kidding me but uh hey that's the way it is down there i've been down down in Florida in the wintertime, and these people, uh, <laughs> they, they wear their parkas, and they, they freeze uh, while we're all down there with our shorts on, you know, when it's halfway decent. So, yeah, it's kind of funny to see how that goes. Crazy, absolutely crazy. Yeah, uh, likewise, looking forward to the 24 hours of Daytona coming up here this weekend. Um, looking forward to seeing uh, the start of the World Series of Asphalt down there. Can't wait to have Chad Butts on next week to talk about what's going on with him and, and all of that. So um, I'm going to plan on having someone the week after talk about maybe the rules or um, maybe someone that's getting ready to go NASCAR racing. So um, 
we'll have on uh, guests after Chad Butts, and I'll try to find something on that. But excited to have Chad on. Excited for the racing coming up here. Uh, man, we're getting to it. I love it. Yeah, for sure. Hey, also, you know, WIR had their banquet last last week, and I saw the lineup of all the winners and everything, and somehow my name actually ended up in, in a part of that whole deal, you know, for uh, uh, being a contributor as a fan and everything, and I sure do appreciate it. Uh, my mother-in-law's birthday, and I'm, I'm taking care of my mom up, up north here, so they're quite elderly, and they, you know, need a little support. So that's where I was. Otherwise, it would have been at the banquet last week. And uh, anyway, so I sure do appreciate the 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 um, the, um, the acceptance of that, and um, and it's much appreciated. But hey, dude, just like you and I, we do it for the fans, man, because we just love this sport as much as we do. Absolutely, for sure, man. Uh, again, well deserved for you, and and congratulations to all the award winners. Uh, from the banquet and, and champions. Uh, it was one heck of a season for the Fox River Racing Club. Uh, got a few months before that starts back up, but it'll be here soon. So looking forward. Yeah, so they better start putting their cars together because how many times do we hear it gets to be like the 1st of May and all of a sudden, I ain't ready. You know, so it comes fast. So uh, we'll see how it goes, who's who's ready and who's going to have to rush at the end. Hopefully we don't have none of those parts parts uh things that are on hold and everything hopefully everybody can get what they need and and so that we can have a good successful 2024 year absolutely man for sure uh well thank you to tim for the corp racing uh sponsoring us uh, again this year we appreciate it so much mark thanks uh to you for joining me thank you to everyone else for their support and listening we appreciate it can't wait for chad butts next weekend or next week and uh hey we'll talk to you soon all right man Watch the 24 this weekend. We're ready to go. Yes, sir. This has been a production of Lore Sports. Hope you all enjoyed it, and thank you for listening.